changing your corner of the universe change the world? We think so. You've heard the quote, be the change you want to see in the world. But what does that look like? This is where we meet the people that are walking that out. One person, one idea, one decision at a time. Here's Baden and Rex. Right. Welcome to another episode of My Corner of the Universe. Today, we interviewed Tammy and May from Lean On Me International. They are truly angels of the islands yeah, of Isla Mujeres. Um, it's a small nonprofit doing amazing big things on a tiny island off of uh, Cancun in Mexico. Just had a really great conversation with them. Got to hear why they started, how they started, how they're impacting that island, um, and just some of the things that they're doing. It's pretty incredible for for a two person show with some help from it locals really and other people. It's really amazing. Yeah, I was Im- thoroughly impressed with how much they've been able to accomplish in a year's time, and just to see the impact that they're having there. I mean, basically, they've dedicated their lives to this, and they've you know made it their mission. Um, and anytime I hear a story like this, it just you know warms my heart to know you know, how good humanity can be and how good, you know, these amazing ladies are for all the work they're doing there. And it's, you know, it's just one of those things where it shows that we can all do a little bit more in our lives as well. Yeah, absolutely. That puts things into perspective in life. You know, we're recording this in the US and we listen to us here or Canada or Europe. And we just think about how blessed our lives are. And we oftentimes forget, um, you know, the, the poverty in so many different areas. And when they talked about East Mujeres, you know, it's a massive tourist area. And once COVID hit, um, the impact of not having tourism and think of the, the income for all of these families on the island just completely shut off. It didn't matter if you were a fisherman because the restaurants aren't buying the fish because there's no tourists there. Um, and so that's kind of how it all started. It's a great story of, you know, how they found something incredibly negative like COVID and lockdowns and created something truly beautiful out of it. Yeah. Amazing ladies. And if you're listening to this and you're touched by it, uh, make sure you're sharing the podcast and then donate. Your money goes a long way. And a couple Starbucks coffees can can help a family for a couple of weeks. So yeah, yeah, absolutely. If you like like Rex said, you know, if you got 15 bucks, May talks about, you know, that could feed, you know, a family of what four for two weeks or something like that. Just yeah. incredible. Um, and if you've been to East Blue Harris before, you know, share this with other people. You probably have a, something special in your heart about the island, or if you're thinking about going there, it's just it's just a great way to be able to serve when you're there too. So, um, yeah, Definitely. share the episode, help them out, and uh, make sure you're subscribing to us as well and sharing all of our episodes at My Corner Universe. All right, welcome back to another episode of My Corner Universe. Today we have the pleasure of speaking with Tammy and May from Lean On Me International. Welcome to My Corner Universe. Thank, Thank you for you. having us. Yeah. So tell us a little bit about the genesis of Lean On Me International. How did you guys come up with this and how did it all start? Fill us in. Well, it it started with COVID. We live on a small island in Mexico called Isla Mujeres. And at the time, my significant other was a musician and I've lost him to COVID since, but oh, so sorry. the musicians were the first out of work in our tourist island. And so May and I kind of got together and decided, you know, we needed to do something to help support the families because 
typically Mexicans don't have a savings account, checking account. There's no unemployment. You don't work, you don't eat. No, there's no government assistance at all. No government assistance. There's no social services. So we decided to take one of the nice uh, houses on the island in the shape of a conch shell and sell raffle tickets for a week's stay. Mm -hmm. And the goal was to come up with two to three months worth of salary, thinking that maybe COVID would be gone, which isn't the case. (laughs) And we were able to do that with our first small group of musicians and we decided to add musicians as we continued to get funds coming in. And we ended up with 11 musicians plus another couple thousand dollars to support a food drive. Amazing. And so May said, well, you know, why should we stop here? And so we did more small projects to feed musicians at the time. And then together, we all decided to formulate a registered charity, which we did out of the state of Florida, made it international. And since then, we've just done project after project to try and feed, provide health care, medications, medical supplies, um, anything that is a crisis. Or we can say, you know, look at it from a crisis situation. We, we will do a project to support it. Wow. Wow. Yeah. That's how was, I say, how, how was the Island during lockdown and COVID? I know um, so many parts of Mexico are dependent on tourism, but you know, a place like Cancun or something like that still has somewhat of an industry. I would imagine Eastern O'Harris is probably 99.9% tourism. So what was that like? Was tourism completely shut down? Was it like a ghost town on the Island? And, you know, just kind of paint the picture for those listening, like, how hard that life was for people who are depending on the tourist income and all of a sudden just like it's gone. Well, yes, for a number of months, it was completely shut down. And then they started reopening small businesses here and there at a time. But even so right to today, there's not enough tourism to support the families of Isla. So that, you know, it, it started getting really bad in March of 2020 there's been a slight improvement but not nearly enough for them to sustain their needs on their own so fill us in a little bit about the island itself where is it located and then like how many permanent residents are on the island it's located a 20-minute ferry ride directly off of cancun okay there are eighteen thousand in the population not including the tourists Oh, wow. That's a lot more than I thought. It's, yeah. In high season, they hit between 30 and 34 ordinarily. Yes. Wow. That was like 10 times the amount of people that I thought were going to be on there. Because it's a relatively when I first small went in 87, island. It was like 8,000 people. But it, you know, because of tourism, it has attracted a lot more um, Mexicans to come there and work. And the Mexican... Um, system is based on a family system so that the family brings the money into the center pot and everybody lives off of it. Mm -hmm. When a young person leaves the family to come to like Isla Mujeres and starts his own or her own family, they don't have that larger multi-generational pot of income coming in to support them. 
And so it's really crucially difficult for them when they lose all their income. And that's exactly what COVID did to them. Whether they're fishermen who feed the locals through the restaurants or they're musicians who entertain or they're waiters. I mean, being a waiter is one of the best jobs on the island. And so it's just devastating when you can't pay your rent, you can't buy your food, your family gets COVID, you can't afford the medications. And it's a real quick downward slope. And what's the medical care like there? If, if things get serious, does everyone usually go to Cancun or is there actually a decent medical facility on Isla? Well, the medical care there, I think that un- unless it gets to be really severe, the medical care on the island is sufficient to help nurse these people back to health. If it gets, if there's breathing issues, then they have to go to Cancun. Gotcha. Yeah, so, they're, they're hospitalized at a specific hospital there. So you guys talked about the food drive. So that was obviously sounded like a, a big success. Um, I also read on the website you have this thing called the Kraken, um, which is looks like a really cool artwork uh, mural thing for this uh, event or a vendor. I guess I know what you call it, location. So uh, fill, fill the listeners in on, on the Kraken and what that project is. The Kraken is actually uh, an internet cafe for children. Now, the gentleman that started that, his name is Alex Rodriguez, and he started that as sort of a pay it forward um, from his own youth. He had a, he was, he had a rough upbringing And he met a gentleman that came along and and offered him computer training. Without that, Lord knows where he would have ended up today. Mm -hmm. So he's a California-born Hispanic man. He moved to Mexico. He speaks Spanish. He moved to Mexico, and he took his life savings and sunk it into this little cafe so that he can teach children Internet skills, computer skills, so that they have other options because the options are so limited there in Mexico. If you can't paint, you can't dance, you can't play an instrument, you can't do woodworking, you can't cook. You have no other option but to go to the drug industry, the drug trade. So he's trying to offer these children other options. Wow. I've never heard of that concept. What a great idea for a business in developing countries. That's amazing. Yeah. It really is. And he's, he's doing quite well with it. And I, I think we, we take for granted in the U S um, where internet and computers and phones are just such a part of our life um, of, you know, so many places in the world that just an internet cafe, it can be so important. You know, that could be a lot of kids, correct? Like their, their main opportunity to learn any sort of computer skills. Mm-hmm. That's right. Well, there's we a lot of on me as our name based on our philosophy and our major philosophy is that during the crisis, you can lean on us. We'll provide you the funds to get through it, but you're going to have to pay it forward. So in the end, once you're through the crisis, we're going to ask you to help us work the benefits. We're going to help you ask you to help us with the food drives to 
uh, create the food pantry bags. We're going to ask you to translate um, many things that we try to keep them involved and to teach them how to help others who are in crisis to, to create that support system within the island itself. Mm-hmm. So um, we're trying to t- teach some of those principles. And even with education, not going to school today is not a crisis. But with COVID and, and learning from home, they don't have internet. They don't have laptops. They were trying to use their phones. They can't submit their homework. So we have supplied some tablets to homes that children can share to do their schoolwork. And one of our Lean On Me members owns an internet company, and she supplies free internet to those who can't have it during school hours. Oh, nice. So we try to be far-reaching as much as we can with the funding that we do have. So talk about the funding. How do you guys, it, it looks like you guys have some events. Can you talk a little bit about what you guys do for fundraising? Tammy, I'll leave that one to you. <laughs> Everything. Everything. <laughs> Everything. Um, we do dinners. We do raffles. May and I have walked the streets selling raffle tickets. We have sold raffle tickets to um, rental houses, uh, very nice houses. Mm-hmm. We've done music days where we have live bands perform all day for us. And uh, collect donations. Yeah, collect donations. We've used the internet. We've used GoFundMe. We've used Facebook. On Facebook, we write up scenarios about different individuals that are kind of our highlight individuals, more expensive Mm -hmm. uh, situations. And try to get donations that way. We're planning an art fair in January, COVID, hoping that it allows us. Mm-hmm. We were in the process of planning a big three-day music festival, but COVID's just not allowing that to happen yet. Um, so we're open for ideas and we'll try anything. Yeah. So it, it sounds like a lot of great kind of what they call guerrilla marketing te- techniques on the island. Are you noticed that... Um, tourists are pretty responsive and willing to either donate or help out. Is that kind of some of the main clientele is, you know, all the tourists that are, that are going through there, correct? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And And the majority of them do. Of course, there's a, there's a huge amount of people that are repeat returns mm -hmm. every, and uh, a lot of them have become actively involved with our charity as well. So yeah, there's, we, we do pretty good as far as, recruiting people to work these events and, and, you know, the donations that sometimes are a little slow coming in, but they still come. Mm-hmm. It's been difficult, of course, with COVID, you know. Right. Now, are you two permanent residents on the island or how, what does that look like for you? I'm a permanent uh, resident and have been for a couple of years now. Okay. I'm not yet, but I'm moving toward that. Mm-hmm. Okay. Nice. It is right now. I'm I'm there half the year. So and do you? So do you have to be there for you know ninety days and then go home and then back for another like that sort of thing? Is that how it works? Because no, I have 180 days that I 180 days. Go. Okay, nice. Right. I run uh, some businesses in Eastern Canada, so that's why I can't be there full time yet. But 
it's it's coming yeah well i'm sure uh i mean just this sounds to me like isla is a place where both of your hearts are at and so it's a spot that you guys you just want to you want to be at i mean obviously with being on need i mean but it seems like you guys have made that decision even before covid that it was a place where your hearts are at and you wanted to be at and then now this just gives extra purpose to being there that, i imagine that's exactly right now, it's, it's once you see it and you feel the poverty, it's, it's in your soul and you can't walk away. Mm-hmm. And that's one of the reasons I created um, a tourism food drive. If you're coming as a tourist and you want your little children to experience giving food to people who don't have it and to see that there really are people out there that don't have running water, don't have power no refrigeration. What does that mean for food supply, food insufficiency, environmental justice, all of those things is it's a wonderful teaching experience for families and individuals. Yes. So they write me and we set them up with the date. We take them to the low income grocery store. We teach them about the products we're buying and why we buy tuna and eggs and things that don't need refrigeration for protein. Protein is expensive. The island is rapid with diabetes. I'm a registered nurse. Huge amount of diabetes on the island because they eat all carbs. Mm-hmm. We bring the food to my house. We bag it. We bundle it up in the car and we take it and deliver it. We walk the people into the home. They're welcomed. Um, these families have nothing. And yet they'll say, do you want to eat with us? They'll prepare the food that we brought. <laughs> They'll share it away. So it's just an experience that once you bring it into your soul, you can't walk away from. Yeah, that sounds really neat. That's like an incredible experience. Yeah. The first few times that Tammy and I went out, even just the two of us to do food dispensaries, at the end of the day, we were emotionally drained because you're fighting back tears mm. constantly. You mm-hmm. know, the stories are so tragic. We met one gentleman in his late seventies that has cancer that eats pigeons, Mm. eats pigeons, you know, he's one of our favorites. We've gotten quite attached to him, but (laughs) at the end of the day, you're just drained. You're, you're, but you you can't walk away from it. Like she Mm -hmm. said, we have a single mom with five children and um, she couldn't pay her rent. She didn't have food. And when we ask her, what's the one thing that you really would like for your children to have? Her answer was a toothbrush. <laughs> Imagine that. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Luckily, we had someone come, one of the tourists to Isla that works for Cole. Uh, I, I forget the name of the company. Anyways, Colgate. Or was it Colgate? And brought about 100 toothbrushes. Wow. That day. That day, wow. Day. So we very quickly rushed back to Tammy's and picked up toothbrushes and delivered them to her. Wow. Yeah, it's so incredible how such basic things, you know, we we take for granted, you know. Mm -hmm. And you know, you're thinking, what do you want for your kids? You know, if I was in the US, they'd be like, Oh, they want an Xbox or you know, or something, (laughs) you know, a new iPhone, and there's something as simple as toothbrush. It really puts things into perspective for sure. 
Right. Is there any other industry? Like, a, is there any fishing kind of industry? Is it just tourism? Just well, local fishing. There's not like commercial fishing. Yeah. Yeah. So like the, the, the fishing that goes on there, I think you kind of alluded to earlier is predominantly for supporting tourism, you know, the, the, the restaurants, but yeah, so there's no commercial fishing where they're exporting it to mainland. So, and there's no, you know, not main natural resource on the island. It's, it's just the beauty. The beauty of it is the natural resource. The beauty and the culture. It's, It's really, I think sometimes people get so focused on what's going on on our border that they don't really appreciate the Mexican culture as a warm, caring, bonding yeah, culture. Absolutely. I yeah. always remember hearing Easton Mujeres, because me and my wife, this is probably 15 years ago now, we, we were in Belize, and then we crossed the border into Chetumal and took a bus up to Playa del Carmen. And I remember hearing people like, oh, you got to go to Easton Mujeres. It's the backpackers Cancun. Um, does it still have that vibe or is it much more developed and it's not quite the, the backpackers Cancun that it used to be? I think it's much Yeah, that? the backpackers come, but it's also becoming more moderate to upscale tourism in the island in certain places. Yeah. Um, but it's still kind of got a little bohemian feel to it. Nice. Nice. Yeah, I mean, I encourage anyone who's listening to this to to Google search East of the Harris. It's one. It's like one of the most beautiful places you could imagine. It's a tiny little island. It's actually five miles long and a half mile wide at the widest point. That's why I was surprised so on the number of people you said were there. I was blown away by that. Yeah, it's uh, uh, and when you think that a lot of them families live in a single room. And no property around that room. Mm-hmm. You know, it's house to house to house. Um, we have a lot of families in a squatter's village that, you know, they just don't have access to water or power and s- solar batteries yeah. to try and get energy from. Um, Is there a consistent uh, thing that you notice most people, like when you're when you're going out and doing the outreach and helping people about that? Like how you said that one lady wanted a toothbrush. Is there something that seems to be a consistent thing that people always ask for more than anything else? Not really. No, no it's all across the board. Across the board. And then, so then how do you do, you, so you get to the point where you have a lot of just locals reaching out to you guys, or are you still doing a lot of outreach into the community to try and find people to be like, Hey, what can we help you with? Or is it a little bit of both? I think it's both. Yes. We have people that are reaching out to us almost on a daily basis. Hey, Tammy. For medical, that seems to be the biggest issue right now is, you know, without work, they can't afford their medications. Mm -hmm. If there's a a family member that's been diagnosed with anything serious, they can't afford the testing because everything costs money there. Yeah. It, It was only a couple months, maybe two or three months before the word got out. And we've been flooded ever since. Yeah. Oh, that's yeah. awesome. I love that. Yeah, love we've that. been in operation a little better than a year for our charity. That's great. And when, from the website, you guys have a lot of, a lot of, I don't know if it's trustees or a lot of people that have jumped on board and said, hey, we want to, you know, be part of this in some way. Are most of those people um, 
expats in in Isla or Isla natives? I mean, how does that work? Are people still that are stateside or Canada side? You, you kind of have a wide range, or are those people you know locally located? Um, so there's a lot of them that are tourists there uh-huh. in high school, but then there's quite a few that are that are expats living there as well. So I guess it's it's kind of a wide spectrum of volunteers that have you know from both Canada, U.S., uh, Europe, even, and expats living there. So, yeah, we we also have a local who is our community resource officer. And he helps tremendously. We have, I don't know, I think we've had a large number of children with congenital defects, with cancer, uh, respiratory issues. And Merida is the state capital, and that's where the medical school is and where the best um, specialty care is mm-hmm. specifically for peds. So a lot of our peds go to Merida and they'll be required for their parents to live there for three months or a parent. Mm-hmm. That's way beyond their means to pay rent on Isla and rent in Merida and not be able to work. And yeah. so we help with those. But Regal, the local uh, Isla born and raised officer, he will travel to Merida, visit those families, make sure they're getting the care that they need to be getting in the center, that they have a place to stay for that three months. And we provide that rent and travel expenses. Even when you're in the hospital, it is not like the U.S. system. It's a national healthcare system, two levels, one level is free, one level you pay based on your age. But regardless, the hospital may or may not have the medications from the government. If the hospital does not have the medication or the dressing supply or tube, trach tube, then the family has to go out and buy it and find it. Mm, And so we also help with that. The family even has to take food in for the person that's been hospitalized. Food in, diapers in, clothing in. Yeah. Yeah, t- totally not what we're used to when we think hospital. No. Yeah. Yeah. Not even close. And Regal Regal has been essential to to Tammy and I, to our organization in helping with that because he is of course he's fluent in Spanish, mm. which is a huge asset. I can't speak Spanish at all. Tammy's Tammy has what she calls get by Spanish. Get by Spanish, yeah. <laughs> So, you know, he's, uh, and he also is a business owner in Isla. He owns a, a cantina there. So we do a lot of our events at his business and he's, he's essential to lean on me. I don't know what we do without him. He's just so how, how did that relationship get started? Was it something that you just kind of happened through osmosis or did he reach out to you guys? Did you know about him? How did that get started? Uh, we've known him for a number of years in fact me significant other that she referred to earlier used to play music in Raquel's bar so we've all been friends for a long time so and it just kind of evolved from there you know it it evolved because he opened up his business for us to use without charge for benefits Mm -hmm. and then he donated a percentage of what he was making um, back to lean on me and was consistent at that 
And so. Nice. And I did want to. Um, oh, go ahead. Because he owned the bar when everything first closed down for COVID, his neighbors thought that he had extra food and they were going to him for food, which he did supply. And he ended up selling his own car to try and feed the neighborhood. Wow. It's going to make me cry. Amazing. And so the name of the bar again? we did our first raffle. He was the one that distributed the $2,000 worth of food for us wow. because we saw what he had done. What's the name of that cantina? So if anyone's in Isla, make sure they can go support him. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's Tiny Gecko Bar. Tiny it's Gecko right bar. downtown in El Centro. It's okay. on the water. It's beautiful. But nice. it's just a little, it's got a hometown bar feel. And it has locals and tourists mixed in there together. Awesome. Mm. I did want to point out or ask to make sure that we clarify for anyone listening too. There, this, the organization Lead on Me International um, it's strictly volunteer, correct? Like you guys aren't taking, there's no salary. There's, you know, I'm sure any administration costs are just filing whatever paperwork needs to be filed, but every, anything that anybody donates. So if they go to your website right now, um, listening anywhere, they can donate and that's going directly to the people on the East. So there's, there's not like a huge chain of command that has to get funneled through it, correct? That's correct. correct. There is absolutely yeah. no overhead. And a lot of times when we buy supplies for the benefit, May or I or a tourist will pay for that. And we try not to have any expense with our benefits. So yeah, it's a hundred percent to the local That's and they amazing. have to live on Isla to be a recipient. Gotcha. All right. Yeah, it's amazing. And it's so right. valuable. Um, I mean, I know we've interviewed lots of nonprofits and some organizations as they get bigger, you know, you have to kind of put those pieces in, in place. And that's, it doesn't mean that there's something wrong with it, but um, it is something very valuable to know that if you someone donates twenty five or a hundred dollars, um, well, first it would be interesting to get your thoughts on how far fifty dollars would go, you know, and then also um, that it goes directly to them. You know, if they donate fifty bucks, it doesn't equal twenty dollars in care. So, right. um, just highlight real quick, you know, how far would would fifty dollars go for somebody listening to this? Did a video demonstrating how far fifteen dollars about one five fifteen uh, fifteen dollars will feed a family of four for about two weeks. Wow! Whoa! Hmm. That's crazy. It is now. That's the bare necessities, right? Bare necessities, but but when we put it in terms like that, and when Tammy came up with the idea to do the food dispensary campaign. We decided to do a video to show people this is all you need, fifteen dollars. Wow. And you can so that it's that's really been helpful with our campaign as well. We did also a school supply campaign, and I think the goal was ten dollars per student, wasn't it, Tammy? Mm-hmm. And that went tremendously well. Um, ten dollars by school supplies for the year. Wow. 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 You know, we, like Vaden said, we do talk to a lot of nonprofits and the amount that you guys have been able to accomplish in a year's time is pretty amazing. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. I, I'm, I'm very impressed. <laughs> have you guys slept at all in the last yeah. year? <laughs> no. no. Yeah. We start at eight o'clock in the morning and run till 11 o'clock at night. Wow. Um, it we got to do. the point where we had to hire someone to cook meals for us. Are you guys? <laughs> we did. Oh. Um, you know, all day we do 
our benefit stuff. We run around and buy drugs for people, meds for people, food, school supplies, whatever. And in the evening, we're walking the streets where the tourists are doing what we can to get a peso. Wow. Is, we uh, the streets for pesos just like the, street, the locals. Just like the locals. <laughs> um, is crime on the island pretty pretty mellow? Crime on the island, I, I'm sad to say, is a little more prevalent than it used to be. Yeah. When you have COVID, it knocks out all income. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The crime component gets a little stronger. Yeah. And, you know, it's just sad, but it is not as prevalent as other areas of Mexico by far. Yeah. Yeah. And if you stay out of the drug industry, you stay away from the crime. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. If you, this is what I tell people, they say, is it safe? And I say, it's perfectly safe, providing you don't start dealing drugs. Yeah. Yeah. And and I guess the main reason why I, I asked that question is because because again when people choose to be able to donate and help out, um, there's so many layers of assistance, you know. So like you said, a lot of this because of COVID, some of these crimes are kind of these crimes of necessity where people are just like they don't have any food. But the more that we can help out, then maybe that makes a difference on somebody having food for their family, and so they don't have to make that choice to go try Absolutely. and steal someone's wallet or you know petty crime things like that because you know, maybe they're being taken care of through organizations like yours. So just an, another added benefit of being able to support, you know, Lean on Me International. Of, of it's not just the food in their, in their stomachs right then or whatever benefit is the medical care. It's, it's the next layer that you're, you're preventing from something happening. That's right. That's right. We had last year on the, I believe it was the 26th day of April, there was a major fire on the island. Mm-hmm. It took out. Do you recall how many businesses, Tammy? I think it was 10 major ones and then wow. a few small ones. There were 200 people unemployed. Wow. And no, but, gov- no, no government assistance coming in for unemployment or things like that. Absolutely none. Yeah. So, no, no food dispensaries from the government, no unemployment, nothing. No so we did a major campaign then. And we were able to look after those 200 people for six weeks. Six weeks. It was 226 families. Wow. Wow. And we were already busy and had that dumped into our plate. (laughs) (laughs) Well, the day that it happened, we were in Cancun picking up supplies for a benefit with Regal. And he's the one that got the word of this major fire. So all three of us just dropped everything and started working on our phones right then. Right then and there, we're planning. Like the fire was still ongoing. And we were planning our strategy on how to handle it and help people that were affected by the fire. Wow, amazing. You two are like the angels of the island. Yeah. Love it. You guys are so amazing. Yeah. But we love what we do. We truly love what we do. We have another local, Giovanni Alaveos. He is a social worker, um, works EMS, works for DIF, which is the Department of Infant and Family Services that really doesn't offer anything. Um, And for instance, 
Isla had an abandoned baby for the first time ever, ever Mm. on the island this year. They practice extended families in their culture. So if you can't take care of your child, your sister, brother, aunt, mother, somebody takes care of the child. The whole island was devastated that a mom felt the need to leave a baby at the military doorstep. Mm. And so as soon as I saw that, I contacted Giovanni, who could not release any information to us, but was able to tell us what the baby needed was at the hospital. We ran to Cancun to buy those supplies and brought them back to the island. And then until the baby reached placement, he was able to collect supplies from us for that infant. Mm. Um, And the same example, recently there was a young girl who was molested. Unfortunately, it happens everywhere. And reached out to him and said, hey, does she need medical care? Does she need counseling? Don't give us any information, which he never does. Mm -hmm. But he allows us through him to get the supplies to those that are confidential. Mm. Yeah, because the supplies are not readily available there on the island through any other resources. We're pretty much it. That's a key uh, connection that you guys have to be able to help help with everything that needs to be done. We also campaign for supplies for the doctors in Isla. We know them. Um, We're we're constantly trying to get people to bring supplies for them. Um, What else, Tammy? Oh, the diabetic. Right now, the COVID supplies is big. Pulse oximeters. Oh, yeah. um, Masks nasal cannulas, oxygen supply. Um, From personal experience with Miguel, I had to go begging to try and find those supplies every day. They're just not there. And so thankfully, tourists will bring down bags of pulse oximeters or bags of oxygen masks purchased Mm -hmm. off of Amazon, which also benefits us because we're a registered charity through Amazon. Mm. Yes, oh, nice. we have a smile. Okay, smile yeah, so that's good to talk about. People can set you guys up a smile to be able to. It's good to know. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. In the U.S., so out there digging for anything such as smile or PayPal pays back a little bit too, and different organizations out there to um, recognize us as a registered charity for whatever kickback we can find. We also help out the Isla Diabetic Center. We collect a lot of supplies for them, the the test strips and, you know, whatever it is that they require. We we do a lot of that, too. So if people are listening and they want to donate, you kind of touched on Smile um, direct on the website. I see that you guys have a spot that you can just donate direct there. Um, if you're happen to be a tourist and you're visiting people, how do people donate if they're, I imagine they probably run into you, but yeah. <laughs> they do, they do. We're like a bad rash. We're everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> Our days of privacy are over, but that's yeah. okay. Uh, um, the Facebook page for okay, Facebook. Yeah. Has our, our PayPal right there. It's paypal.me backslash Isla L O M I. 
Um, you can private message us through that Facebook page. You can also do that through our webpage. We'll answer. We try to answer in less than two hours. Okay. Um, and pretty much always do. And um, right some now I'm visiting family some. in Ohio, but otherwise, if I'm on the island, I'd be happy to meet them. Yeah. I'll be happy to take them on a food drive. You know. Very cool. Whatever yeah, they're looking sounds, for. Yeah, that sounds great. Some people drop off donations for us as well at Tiny Gecko. Yeah. Okay. okay, gotcha. That's our drop off of, point. That's kind of our central headquarters right mm-hmm. now. Yeah, the unofficial because, office. Yeah, yeah. yeah. no fees. I know, and it's probably a nice, nice, nice office space, nice, nice view, yeah. nice place to be at for a good office. Right on yeah. the Malibu, right on the ocean. It's absolutely lovely there. Yeah. And as we said before, Regal is just so kind, and he's been so helpful with this huge part of our organization but yes so people have dropped off monetary donations there they bring suitcases full of clothes um just you know whatever whatever anybody wants to donate we've had people bring children's books Mm. that's that's a huge favorite yeah the teachers really appreciate getting those nice and with covid the government told the schools no money this year wow Crazy. So, this is crazy. Yeah. And mm-hmm. these are families that can't afford food, so they can't get a tablet or yeah. a pencil. Yeah. Well, you know, I encourage anybody listening to this or watching it on YouTube right now to to just to go and and donate, you know, even like what May said, you know, how much how much fifteen dollars can provide down there yeah. versus what we spend $15 on here in the U S or Canada. Couple you know? Starbucks coffees and Ex- you can feed a family for exactly. two weeks. Exactly. It really puts it in perspective. Um, and it, what's not hard to do, PayPal donations are easy. It's also great to set them up on Amazon smile. You're already buying things on Amazon. Um, so it's no extra money out of your pocket. It just sets up for the donation to go that way. Yeah. It's, mm-hmm. uh, it's lean on me international out of Sarasota, Florida. When you look it up on Amazon smile. Okay. Okay. Yeah. That's good to know. Well, thank you so much for sharing your corner of the universe with us. It's just amazing all you've been able to accomplish and all the lives that you've been able to help along the way. We really, really appreciate all the hard work you two are doing. Yeah. Thanks so much. Thank you. Thanks guys. If you liked today's episode, you can find more information at mycorneroftheuniverse.com and don't forget to subscribe. Thank you.